Welcome back to Judging Book Covers Podcast, your bi-weekly book club podcast, where we are going through our 2020 challenge list. I'm Megan Griffin, and as always, I am joined by my amazing co-host, Stephanie Cortez, who is in a closet this time. I am. <laughs> a literal closet because I'm trying a new setup here with my new laptop, my new MacBook that I'm very much in love with. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. It's I don't like think I've I, done any. Huh? I think you stepped away case when I did this, but... I am also in a closet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the light is no longer working. So, super I'm in a fun. Closet in a bedroom. So my light, if my light goes out, it shouldn't go out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this week, we are joined by Case Aiken of Another Pass and Man of Steel. How are you doing? I am doing great. I'm so happy to be here to chat with y'all. <laughs> we are very happy, too. I was so glad when you said you would like to come talk to us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I mean, to, so today we're we're talking about something that's in my wheelhouse, at least in terms of format. So yes. I was like very excited, and also I I rarely have enough time to like sit and like crush a full book. So I was glad that we were doing a format that was like a little bit easier to power through. Yeah, I figured. Yeah, I was like, you know, this is something. I mean, I I because of panelology this week, I read so many comics. It's <laughs> like this this two hours maybe give or take should be pretty easy to to get through it. Um, so we did read a comic this week, and as always, we try to focus on comics that are not by the big three. So we read The Banks by Roxane Gay, Ming Doyle, and Jordi Belair, which was published by TKO Studios. And it's fairly new. It came out in about December 2019, I believe. Yeah, and I feel like I learned, I want to say I saw a tweet from Roxanne that, because we're on a first name basis, um, <laughs> that, um, it's being made into a movie, it's being a, or a show. Yes. Okay. Okay. That, I, I actually like hearing that mm-hmm. um, because of thoughts I have about both how it was written and like what I thought were its strengths. So, <laughs> so that's really cool to hear. Yeah. And I was like, what? You did what? You wrote a comic? I need to read this. And then it happened to fit for the podcast, so. Definitely. Definitely. Anytime we can read Roxanne Gay and and honestly not spend the whole time crying because that's what I feel is what I do most of the time when I read her stuff. But usually, yes, this was definitely a different, (laughs) uh, different emotions, I will say. And yeah, I also really like the cover, the green. Yeah. Yeah, the cover's great. It is a great cover. Um, so, Case, have you read any of Roxanne Gay, or what are your typical comic reads? We can go with I both haven't. of them. I haven't. I, I mean, so one of the podcasts I host is a Superman podcast called Men of Steel, and so I tend to go superhero in, like, the format. Um, I think, I, I, like, I when Vertigo was a bigger thing, I was reading a lot more of, like, at, like the, that sort of, like, supernatural or sci-fi kind of been sure. non-superhero stories, but uh, in my adult life, I... I don't read as much as I used to, and so it's, it's like harder for me to like find the particulars that are outside of that scope. Uh, if that makes any sense. Gotcha. I read the weird stuff. If you ever need recommendations, <laughs> I don't love superhero comics for the most part, but I love the weird stuff. And this definitely felt fell into more of, oh, maybe not the weird stuff, but it is definitely not a superhero story. Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> um. So this comic is about a family of thieves and the youngest generation or the youngest child, I guess, uh, has decided that she does not want to be a part of this family's career goals uh, until something happens and she realizes that they can have a really big score. 
Um, I didn't expect it to be all women thieves, and I love that. That's exactly what I was going to say. I didn't <laughs> yeah, that part that was really great. I I love the setup for this, mm-hmm. like the the this like matrilineal line of of thievery uh, was really fun. I, like that that I that was so cool. Yeah, I mean, like it, um, so Clara is um, we'll say the matriarch. Um, her and Melvin basically Melvin basically. Melvin Banks started her on this path and um, unfortunately he does end up going to jail and she keeps going and then she brings her daughter their daughter Cora with her um, and they do a badass job together and then they well they don't really bring is it Celia or Celia I went with Celia Celia I, I, I read it as Celia yeah I think it's but supposed to be Celia I also watched the invisible man who that's her name in the movie last night <laughs> so that may be also why I'm going that way oh so good so oh. good so that restaurant scene <laughs> but digress um when celia learns about it when she's a teenager and has that reaction of i don't want to do this i'm like oh well come on girl just <laughs> it, this is so cool like your mom is really awesome and has all these really cool arm tattoos and <laughs> your grandma's a badass they're both bad they're all badasses really so i just i really liked that they kept it that clara kept it going um she didn't feel like she needed Melvin to do it. Like she knew how to do this yeah. in her own right, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that she was still loyal to him. Like she, he got arrested. She waited. Well, waited for him, I guess is a better way of phrasing it. Yeah. Um, and then he got arrested two more times and she didn't like get to the point where she's yelling at him or anything like blaming him or at any point being like, you're terrible, you're terrible for bringing me into this life, anything mm. like that. It was all good. Yeah. Yeah, because like the first time, it's really to save her. Basically, they kind of get caught doing a job, uh, but the person can't tell how many people are there. So he basically distracts the guy so she can get away and get back to their daughter. Um, so it's definitely a sacrifice on his part that he made without thinking, also showing his loyalty to her. Yeah. Yeah, despite the fact that we don't see uh, Melvin very much, like, he is a very, uh, like, he definitely leaves an impression on everyone. Yes. Yes. And I definitely want his story. Like, there is a story Mm. within this that is missing that I would love for a second volume of, which is how he got mixed up with this Russian guy. Yes, because that's what causes the second arrest. This. Oh, because there was really no saying no to him. Yes, Elenko was like, I'll give you a million dollars if you get back my $15 million worth of Coke. But it's really like you don't have a choice. So you're going to say yes, regardless of how much money I'm putting on this right. for you. Right. Yeah, I thought it was weird because it's when they when they talk about the, the last time that he got arrested and it was like for carrying so much cocaine. I was like, that doesn't mm-hmm. sound like him. Right. Because right. they He's do... All- try to like robin hood it they're they're Mm -hmm. robbing from people that are either ripping off their customers in some way or you know not good people right Right. well and they're they're like like planned to sort of like stay um out of the spotlight is that they're typically trying not to steal too much Mm. from any person they go to also Mm -hmm. like they they're not trying to ransack the entire house they're trying to pick like some particular valuables in a safe um like the 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 goal is to always have it be like well the person's still functional it's not enough to like bring that much heat it's you know it's not Mm -hmm. a big enough score for anyone to really draw that much attention um and the times where they overstep are the times where they come into conflict with people yeah right yeah 
Greed is right. bad. Even if you are a thief, greed is bad. Right. <laughs> um, but Celia has gone the route of becoming an investment banker. Yep. Yeah, I thought that was such a cute, like, okay, their name is Banks, and yes. she works in banks, and, like, they're going to rob banks. <laughs> <laughs> and also, like, investment banking is probably a kind of thievery, depending on who you talk to. Mm-hmm. Like, did you really get out of the business? Right. I feel like her boyfriend says something like that. Yeah, they, they make yeah, that someone. line several times. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, well. <laughs> I did also like, too, that all the women, their names start with the letter C. I just yes. like stuff like that. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I want to get into the partners. But before, I I really like the use of flashbacks in this and how the art is done. Like, yes. because it is a comic, we do need to focus in on the art as well. Because it is so well done here, especially in the flashback. Each flashback has its own color palette mm-hmm. um, so that you know, especially as it jumps back and forth, where you are. And as someone who that is kind of something that I, I struggle with comics that do a lot of flashbacks and things, um, I think this is handled so well and I could actually keep up easily. Um, I struggle with that so much. It's yeah. so bad. <laughs> I didn't expect us to jump around as much as we did. Um, I, I know I read the synopsis, but I don't think it stuck in my brain that it was three generations, not not two. So when it <laughs> jumped to basically Grandma, Clara, and then to Cora, and then to Celia, I was like, oh, wait. Okay. But you're totally right about the color palette. That absolutely helped me keep track of which uh, Banks woman we were with. Yeah. And they have very distinct looks like uh, like the grandma has like those big hoop earrings that Mm -hmm. we never like really lose track of that. And obviously the tattoos on the mother and then uh, the longer hair and the more like business style of the daughter kind of keeps it all like they do a lot to sort of like um, uh, to to add like symbols. Maybe is not the right word, but like like telltales like markers for each Mm -hmm. of them. Yeah. Yeah. Which... Uh, although it did take me a minute to figure out that it was like, oh, there's three. Okay. Yes. Because at first I thought it was like, oh, she got a lot of, a lot of tattoos after the 70s. Okay, uh, cool. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, wait, no. It's like, oh, there's a generation in between there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I had to do the math because I was like, okay, if it's in the 70s, mm-hmm. 1970s, the year my mom was born, so that was 50 years ago. So we're talking roughly <laughs> 45 to 50 years ago. Okay. There's definitely going to be a grandma. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> right. Had that moment. Um, but to go back to what you were saying, I feel like the white guys in this um, are fairly interchangeable. Like, they do not have markers to, to, especially when you get the two antagonists together. Like, in, in, there's a bar scene or a club scene where she's meeting the Russian for the first time. And I was like, which one is which? <laughs> Because I don't. Because really? he's got a big scar yeah. and a different colored hair. I mean, <laughs> that, that scar was what jumped out at me. I was like, okay, now I can tell the difference between. Maybe I have face blindness. This might be. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I mean, I will say, I don't know why the other guy was there. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then he wasn't for long because Lenko was like, get out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I did have a moment, though. I, I kind of get what you mean about the white guys being a little interchangeable when. Celia basically gets passed up for partner at her um, firm. They announce the name of the guy. Oh, uh, God, what was it? It was Anderson Livingston Whitney, something very long and ornate. And I was like, oh, shit, is very that her boyfriend? Like, yeah, but I couldn't remember if that was her boyfriend's name. Does that mean that she got passed over for him? And then I, it took me a minute to realize that it was not him. It was someone else completely. I- yeah, I had the same reaction because we we just don't know all the all like all the people she works with very well. Right. Like, right. Uh, 
this would be the kind of thing where you'd have like a if this was a movie like a, a big tracking shot as she like walks through the office and talks to various people and like that one's like a particular asshole to her so yeah. that like you remember him and like the camera pans to him or something when the announcement yes. is made right I actually like the setup of how what happens when she is passed up for promotion. Like her boyfriend kind of steps up, grabs her hand. It is but like on the surface or I guess chest up. It just looks like they're standing next to each other. Her emotions haven't changed. Um, she's holding herself together incredibly well as you have to in that situation. And then she walks away, slams the door on him and, and like but it's never it is a very controlled emotional outbreak. It is not mm-hmm. chaos. And it I mean, it, it's business world. That that is how it is. But um I really, really just I like looked at that page a few times just because of how it does look a little bit like a movie shot. Mm-hmm. And her interactions are just so great in those those few shots. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny, I uh, like a couple weeks ago, I finally watched What Men Want, and it, this is like the exact same like setup at the opening of that movie. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen that. This is with Taraji P. Henson, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, yeah. it was cuter than I expected. Like, okay. I, I, I ended up having a lot of fun with it all. I thought it was going to be like a little bit of like an eye roll. It's like, all right, yeah, we all know what men, men want. Like, <laughs> <laughs> According uh, to TikTok, men want to be left alone, but not be alone. <laughs> That's what I've learned this week. From. That's what you've learned. Okay. <laughs> TikTok is so informative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but this was nice. And it, I mean, it, uh, all of it is like super intercut at this point. Uh, like, it, and it doesn't totally stop, but like the first issue is a lot of bouncing back and forth or issue yes. or part chapter because mm-hmm. it's like 150 pages broken up in chapters. Uh, was it se- separate issues or was it always a gra- like one graphic so novel? So I um, actually talked to Alex. He's kind of my resident com- uh, comics person because I didn't remember hearing about this at all. And according to him, the way that this publisher publishes, they release both the graphic novel and single issues at the same time or the, the okay. volume, the trade and the single mm-hmm. issues at the same time. Because, um, yeah, like I knowing how I am and I would have picked up this first issue had mm-hmm. I seen it on a shelf. So, um, and I, I don't remember seeing it, but there is also a chance that because it's such a small or such an indie publisher compared to everything else that I like, I don't know anything else published by these, this publisher. So I am curious to see what else they do. Mm-hmm. Um, but after she's passed up for promotion, that's kind of where we get more of the, the Whitney discussion because like the dude is sitting there bragging about this account bragging where the guy lives like how he keeps his money and everything and it's like oh okay we're just gonna info dump that yeah that that was like an awkward scene in the first chapter yeah, I was yeah. like, <laughs> she comes and was like so, sorry where did this guy live yeah <laughs> just right. like like do you just give that info out and you just also just randomly talk about how much money a guy has in his safe like yeah this is right. weird <laughs> I also, the Bitcoin, I had to laugh just like every time. They're like, he's got $300 million of Bitcoin. I'm like, I don't know what that means. Right. <laughs> it would be really funny if it was constantly fluctuating throughout the, yes. the book. Like if they, like he never changes the amount he has, but the, the cash value for it just keeps on spiking and plummeting, spiking and plummeting. That would have been <laughs> so great. Uh, but I think they were just used, like they just wanted a tech term. There's like several points where uh, I I feel like they just kind of wanted to gloss over and have like here's sort of modernity in play, uh, yeah. where it's like how do you know this thing? It's too complicated to explain. Like yes. I learned it in school. It's fine. 
Right. What? Oh, yeah. I hated how often she said that because, man, I need that story. If she's a yes. hacker, like, but also an investment banker, wh- like, there's a story right, there. Right. How did yeah. you get into hacking? Did you hack other things before this? Did you actually lead a little bit of a life of crime that your mom and your grandma don't know about? And then you're like, no, I got to exactly. go straight. I want to know more. And we also didn't get a scene with her like we did with the mom and the grandma when the mom was a child being taught how to pick locks. Like, we don't have anything quite like that. And, like, a simple flash of her being shown on just, like, how how to bypass, like, an ATM or something by the mom would at least, like, start that and then she explores it or something. But we got nothing. (laughs) I am curious because there is the scene where she's prepping for college and and filling out applications. And she's like, you know, where does our income come from and things like that. And that's kind of when she finds out her mom's a thief. And it is shocking that it took so long for her to find that out. Like, I understand the necessity of the grandmother teaching the mom because she couldn't leave the daughter with a babysitter. Mm -hmm. But it is strange that, like, they're so proud of this life, but they also kept her out of it so long. Yeah. It is a strange setup. Like, I, I... almost wanted more volumes of this because the first it feels like the first four are kind of this lead up to the Mm break-in and i knew i was like well we only have two left like this break-in is going to be quick so it's like the ending kind of i enjoyed it all but i feel like the ending suffered a little bit where i was like Mm -hmm. okay i would have actually taken four volumes of this where you do Mm -hmm. sit down and explain like give me an entire volume of flashbacks of her in college learning to hack yes yeah 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 because yeah, I know that for me, the ending felt a little bit just like a neat little bow, just yes. kind of tied everything up pretty quickly. Um, definitely would have wanted more. And also, like you were saying about how it seemed a little weird that she didn't figure out what her and find out what her mom was up to until she was 16, 17, 18, however old she was filling out the college applications. Um, maybe something of just like her as a child asking mom what she does for work or like mom just yeah. saying I'm doing yeah. X thing for work, like a lie that we'll know is a lie. Just something because it, it comes up like you you talk to your parents like sure. you may not know exactly what they do but when you're eight ten years old 50 you can give like a brief like oh my mom works at the post office oh my dad works for bank of America. like giving actual right. things that my parents did um just a little something whereas it's like it never came up <laughs> your parents didn't sit at the table talking about the, yeah. the day <laughs> or how can you afford to give me this really nice brand new car in my for my sweet 16 <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean, they kind of re- like rely on the other mom being a doctor. As yes, the sort of like that's true. the catch-all on that one, and being like, and, and to be fair, like, I, like I have friends who are doctors, and I have no idea actually how much they make. I just know that <laughs> they have never know. once like <laughs> shirked at like splitting the check. It's like or like uh, offered to take it. Like they always yeah. like, or, or rather, they are generous and have money, and I just don't know how much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, let's let's talk about Dr. Mama. Like, mm-hmm. I I love this family because all the way through, it is there's a thief that finds the one, and I guess in some ways, like the way you know that person is your soulmate is when you go. So I'm from a family of thieves, and they're like, cool, and then help you. Because, yeah. Like, yeah. Because <laughs> Clara jumped in with Melvin, was like, "You're going to teach me how to do this," and then with Cora. Her, there's um we get that little snippet of her and Addie doing something doing a job and then Cora hurting her ankle and then Addie like patching her up afterwards yeah. like wrapping her ankle um yeah. and then at the end Celia and Clay he's he's in and they're yeah. traveling the world and doing crimes 
They're a family of thieves. They yeah. steal hearts. <laughs> oh, no. That's the tagline. <laughs> yeah, although I got to say, the so one of the shots that I, I thought were like just awkward exposition was the um, <clears throat> when... Uh, sorry, I get the the three names mixed up. The the mom, the middle generation. Yeah, uh, is that Cora? Cora, yes. Cora, yeah. Um, when she's like complaining about the ladder, and then it, then she does fall, and mm-hmm. it's just like that. It's such an awkward like uh, this ladder's gonna kill me, and then she immediately falls and like breaks her leg. Yeah, and it's like okay, <laughs> like, like you didn't need that line. You could have just like had her fall off the yeah. ladder. Like yeah, because uh, like that. Um, I in general really like this book, but I like I kept on thinking like man like like an editor pass just to sort of like tighten up some of the dialogue and like uh, I don't know just sort of refine a few spots was mm-hmm. kind of needed on the finished product. Yeah, I also felt like I think it was when so when Clay proposes, um, in the elevator. I can't I Which, can't put why? my finger. I know. <laughs> well. I don't actually know why he stopped the elevator and was like, this is the proposal spot. Um, well, and then she's like, what are you doing stopping on this floor? Like, he's going to tell you in a second. Right. Come on. <laughs> right. But when she says, no, I just need some more time. I don't know. For some reason, his reaction didn't or maybe just didn't feel real because I would have been like, I would have been demanding to know more. It felt like almost like not like he gave up because you can never persuade someone to marry you. But trying to get more information about what exactly she's talking about, it just seemed like he kind of gave up when she said, uh, no, I need more time, or when she was making up excuses for trying to work with um, Gregory, the like the underling for the Russian guy. Um, right. He just kind of gives up and accepts it, where I don't know. It didn't. Fe- that part didn't feel quite realistic. It just felt a little bit convenient that he was like, okay, I saw you flirting with that guy, but you're telling me it's fine, so I'm just going to, it's fine. I just kind of gloss over it. Yeah, they didn't. they didn't walk that trope well, like, either go all in where it's like she's flirting so hard that it's causing problems in her relationship or have the super supportive boyfriend who's not going to ask questions and understands that eventually she'll tell him what's going on and Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, he he pivoted really hard really fast from being like okay i trust you to being like i don't know if i love you anymore to back to being like i care so much about yeah i was like get it together man right yeah (laughs) Yeah. I feel like we get a panel where he sees her flirting with him, the other guy at work or something. And I don't know. I there is just... like a moment where he's like, should I be worried? And, I, and then I was like, cool, we're going to get super supportive boyfriend who like understands she just got pro- passed up for a promotion and she needs a minute. Yeah. So. Yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there was also there's one where she's up late doing something and she's like, I'm doing this for us. Like, I can't really talk about it. And he, I think he might be questioning his trust for her at that point. And she basically just distracts him with sex. I was like, okay, so we're going right. with that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, oh yeah. They're, they're not a subtle family when it comes to sex. Like no, all, okay. all three of them are very <laughs> aggressive when they're, and, and it's <laughs> like, uh, and, and to to be fair, like the boyfriend also uh, makes a couple of like really awkward like, why don't you take the night off and get on me or something like that? Yes, like, yeah. <laughs> again, editor pass on yeah. just like making making the dialogue just like yeah. a little less um, uh, cringeworthy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cringe doesn't. I mean, like they're in loving relationships. Like it's all fine. And like if that's how they they d- dirty talk with each other, that's cool. <laughs> but, Okay, so when you said that this was coming out as a movie, I was like, oh, great, because one of the problems I had was there were a lot of lines that I feel like an actor could pull off but didn't work that well on the page. Um, 
and like a lot of these like seduction kind of lines sort of needed some body language or some like facial expressions to sort of like sell it uh and they they didn't hear <laughs> and yeah. i was like oh no so uh i'm glad to hear that because like I love the premise of this book. Yes. It's such a good setup for everything mm-hmm. that I really want to see some like very charming actresses like take these parts and like like own it. Um and use the style. Like this as a storyboard would be great. <laughs> like, no, yeah. 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 I just looked it up to confirm if it was a movie or a show. It is going to be turned into a movie and Roxanne Gay is the one writing this okay. the script. Interesting. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, it definitely like the di- that's the other thing there's this dynamic where the the grandmother and the daughter fight mm. constantly they just bicker and i think that we're supposed to get that they're so much alike that and come from things from different directions but basically are saying the same thing the whole time and that mm-hmm. causes friction and the when the mom leaves and is like you need to short sort your shit out was great the resolution, not as much. Like, I I agree. I think it'll be better on a screen. Yeah. Oh, you mean this when they're, like, sitting next to each other and they're like, oh, I guess I can't be mad at you forever. Yes. And then, like, yeah. Yeah. It... <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yep. I thought mom leaving was great and being like, you know what? I'm tired. I told you guys I was tired of y'all. Y'all need to fix this. And now I'm leaving you at this restaurant. I thought that was great. Yeah. But yeah. Exactly. Honestly, if they cut that page so she leaves them and then, like, she comes back to them, like, having sorted their shit out. That would have been fine. Totally fine. Yeah. (laughs) But if they don't really sort anything, it's just, it's exactly like you said. Like, I just can't be mad at you, Grandma. Okay. We're done. Yeah. It it, It is. It was just a non-page. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Can we talk for a, uh, I'm sorry if you want to like go through totally chronologically, but I think you've missed one of them. Um, Can we talk for a moment on the very good buttons at each of the chapters? Like, that's a, a detail I noticed really well. Like, every time we get to the end of a chapter, it's, like, always a great, like, either splash page or uh, just, like, large panel that, like, ends it. Like, when, uh, like, the Detective Vasquez shows up or when she shows up at her mom and grandmother to be like, I want to join the family business. Yes. Uh, or, like, we're taking this job and you see the Russian that we established in that issue is, like, the guy, at the, like, there at the... <laughs> yeah. uh, at the mansion. Like those are all like great endpoints where I'm like, Ooh, yeah, I want mm-hmm. to need to, need to see what, where this goes like that. Yes. Great stuff that like kept me hooked. Yeah. Totally agree. Because for a second I was like, wait, who is this guy? And I went back to the, uh, the Russian with the scar. I was like, Oh, he is the guy with Melvin and he was in the courtroom looking all smarmy. So, okay, this is going to be something good. Like I definitely agree that I really wanted to keep going with each chapter. So I, I don't. I tried to keep up with individual comics with the Dark Horse Buffy comics, and I just could not. I just needed to wait for the trades. I'm not good at keeping track. This one, I, if I had got it, I think it might have helped me. Just be like, I gotta get the next so, one. I gotta get the next one. Fun fact. Hang on. <laughs> the color artist of this, Jordi Belair, mm-hmm. does the new Buffy comics. Oh, okay. Yes. Nice. I was reading that in the back, and I was like, I gotta make a note to tell Stephanie that to get all these <laughs> Buffy comics. Okay. Because I think I got the first one, the first trade. I'm just not good at keeping up with the individuals. That's okay. There's four volumes. There's two volumes of Angel, and then there's a Hellmouth volume. It's fine. And there's going to be a Wait, what? volume soon. <laughs> yeah. You're just a little behind. It's okay. Oh, no. <laughs> also, the great Big Bad right now is great. But I love the coloring in Buffy. Mm-hmm. And I didn't put together that it is the same person, which okay. I think is a, a really good sign of someone who can balance these different art styles for different um, stories. Mm-hmm. Um but I kept thinking, I was like, I really love the art style of this. And then I read that in the back and I was like, oh, okay, well, that makes a lot more sense. 
Um, it's awesome. Yeah, it's kind of like the like theater idea. Like if you notice the lights, they're doing something wrong. Yes, very much so. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Pardon me. Um, I do have, and maybe this is like my interpretation, or that I, I didn't quite understand this. So when Cora goes to get, when, when she's pregnant and, and goes to, and this is how Addie and her meet, there is a mention that like, there is a dad. It's, mm-hmm. it's not an artificial insemination. Um, and he wanted a family, but he is never around. And, and I get like this entire book is supposed to be about the matriarchal line and things like mm-hmm. that. But I'm so curious. Like I, he's definitely in a background shot of a birthday yeah. party or a grill or grilling out or so when Melvin comes back, I think is what it is. Okay. But is he in her life? Yeah. Yeah, he's never really established in this story. Yeah. Yeah. And, and even if it's just established that it was like a kind of a hands-off kind of relationship, mm-hmm. that would have been also nice to sort of give her a sense of where she's coming from. Like, why does she want to, like, make her own... Like, why does she want to be, like, a business type that's, like, right. so respectable? Like, she's not a doctor like her other mom. Right. Like, she's not going down that path. She wants to be in money. She wants to be, like, the Wall Street type. Um and the question is why? Because it's not just that mm. her her mom, one of her moms, is a thief. Like that's only part of it. Like that's so. Like what what is driving her? And maybe part of that is also her her relationship with her father, who at the very least is implied to like have wanted to be a part of this. Yeah. In the only description we have of him. Yeah. I wanted a child. He wanted a child. We're both gay. We decided to make a family in our own way. Yeah, even the line when she finds out that her mom's a thief of like, I'm going to go stay with dads or, you know, mm-hmm. anything like that. I, he doesn't have to get her her job. I am right. happy with a woman who makes her way in the world. But yeah, you're right. Where did investment banking come from? Yes. Because yeah, where did her yeah, dad doesn't, go? <laughs> yeah. yeah, like doesn't need to be like connected to her to how she got her career. Yeah. But like I am curious like what he like what pressures he puts mm-hmm. on her. Right. It, either either directly or indirectly in the sense of like she doesn't want to end up like him or mm. you know like she she's clearly trying to like defy one set of parental lines so maybe she's trying to defy all of them like mm. maybe you know maybe he's an artist and she yeah. just doesn't go for that kind of stuff either like does he yeah. know that she's a thief like does he yeah. know the family story i mean is he part of this at all and there's there's an implied like person that they get that they get their stuff from um the, the stuff that they need to to rob people mm-hmm. is that him i, I don't think it is because there was so. a wife mentioned somewhere in yeah. there but like that would have been a really cool added mm-hmm. yeah just like anything to know you know why she's going to her mom's and not visiting her dad's yeah ever you know like yeah. it's totally fine that the mom's the bigger part of the, the story but I, I like we just never get it yeah <laughs> in this book which is weird just like a, a a quick like an assistant like hey your dad called oh, i'll call him back right. later this is too much right now he doesn't need to be involved anything right. would have been or good. like yeah. i think when you pointed out her finding out and being so angry that they were thieves it yeah that's an immediate like i'm gonna go stay with dad yeah like, i'm just i'm leaving mm-hmm. you know um and also so I don't like the tradition of going to a parent and asking for permission to marry their child. Um, <laughs> we have talked Cl- about that several times. We have, and we will every time it comes up. But Clay goes to Cora and Addie, and he doesn't say permission or, or anything like that. He says just blessing, although that is also the first time he's meeting them because yeah. Celia wouldn't introduce him. 
Um, I just thought it was interesting, too, that he didn't go to the dad or ask to meet all three of them or four of them if the dad's also married or in a in a relationship. It was just which, again, I love the strong women. Yeah, there's a lot of strong women of color in this book, but that would have could have also been a time to maybe tie in dad somehow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like that meeting, it was like nice that he like because I get it if you've never met her parents and they are a part of her life Mm -hmm. like, you know, like he drops her off to go like talk to them like they are living still in the same town they interact frequently even if it's in, a, in a, like a strained relationship it's still a relationship that's there like she hasn't cut them out of her life totally right uh, at this point so it makes sense that he'd want to go meet them before yeah. like proposing and you know they make a comment where it's like i'm not asking for permission you know like it but and it is kind of old-fashioned i'm not I'm, i totally don't want to see it that way but like I, I am also like I've never met you before, and I want your blessing. <laughs> like in the situation, yeah. I get it. Like I, but it is, um, it it is a tropey scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally yeah. get wanting to meet them for sure, especially because he asked her when he was dropping. He's dropping yes. her off. They're literally right there. He could just pop out of the car really quick. Because the other thing is, if he's proposing, I'm assuming you've been dating for a while. That's what I was just having the thought: is <laughs> how long have they been dating? Right. I think it's, like she's roughly 25. Because um, I think yeah, the she... the OBGYN scene slash mm. date is 1995. Yeah. Mm. Which gave me a moment of like, dear God. Okay. <laughs> I, I know, right? <laughs> that's why I had a hard time realizing. That's how, why I had a hard time realizing that there were three generations at first. Because in my head, I'm like, the 70s wasn't that long mm-hmm. ago. Yeah. Like, <laughs> she only, like, the daughter would only be a little bit older than me. And then I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Also, let, like, let's just point out, like, a 25-year-old partner at a yeah. Wall Street firm is, like, kind of crazy also. Yeah. Very yeah. much so. Yeah. But I guess if she's super driven and she's working 72-hour mm-hmm. weeks and, like, putting, you know, putting in all this time, like, sort of? But, I mean, like, yeah. would she be out of grad school? <laughs> I know well, a, a, question. <laughs> a little bit about that world because my mother is an IT manager um, for PricewaterhouseCoopers which is accounting and investment banking if I'm not mistaken and I know that like they really smooth up their interns to get them to come work where then they basically grind them out and and that's mm-hmm. like the intention of the firm and like everybody knows this this isn't something that like you don't go in not knowing you mm-hmm. you go in knowing that you're going to do an internship and they're going to treat you wonderful and the moment that you become an employee you're going to be working 18 hour shifts mm-hmm. with the intent of knowing that if you can survive at this company you can work at any company and do fine Oof, but everybody goodness. i know that has gone through that started around 25 like there that's like there's an entire process mm-hmm. the the partnership at 25 because i expected her to be around our age yeah. too and it's it's so bizarre. Like, I can't at twenty five. What was I doing at twenty five? I mean, I was doing the same thing. I've, I've had the same job for almost ten years. But like, what level? But was you were I not at? partner or no, owner no. CEO. <laughs> like, we're talking like maybe in the next five to ten years, I'm going to start like looking for that VP thing. Mm-hmm. It's a process. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's always a process to move up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that might almost be a more interesting thing where if she was an intern and didn't get a job. Right. Like didn't get the offer, period. Right. Not mm-hmm. part, like partner is really crazy. Like partner, I'm like, if you make partner under 30, that's like 
wow, you've got your shit together yeah. and yeah. probably some favors called in. Yeah. <laughs> or like junior partner. Throw junior partner. Yeah. Junior yeah. in front junior. of that. Something. Or some other promotion. Any promotion other yeah. than partner. Like some other like. Partner means your name Step is going the on the door. You are investing in this company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you, Sue, for teaching crazy. me that. I mean, like, it's kind of just sort of like, well, sure, whatever. It, it's a convenience because they needed to, they needed three generations. They wanted to have generation one in the 70s because it's so cool. Every <laughs> yes. shot they have yes. looks so cool. It looks like, I mean, like... A, <laughs> Like, it looks like a scene out of Shaft or something. And it's like, this is awesome. (laughs) But it's not about the guy. It's about the woman because she's so badass. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. And, like, it makes sense. Okay, cool. Like, have that be the 70s. And then, all right, like, what's the timeline that she could conceivably have a child that could also then have a child that could be a major factor in this? Okay, fine. Um, if, If the present day was, like, 10 years from now or five years from now, it would five years would probably feel, like, right, you know? Yeah. Um, but then they'd have to talk about being like, man, remember that one weird year where we were all like working from home and it like really sucked? <laughs> <laughs> like that's the year we don't talk about. <laughs> yeah, there's so many. Um, this is only tangentially related, but like talking with a couple friends who create audio dramas because that's something that I'm trying to get into and everything. And so cool. it's like, um, do you address COVID in your audio drama? Like where does that fall on the line? And like. Ugh. Um, Because I have a friend who does two of them. One of them is more set in, like, our actual world. One of them is, like, an alternate timeline. And that one, he's ignoring COVID. The other one, he's like, I got to work it in somehow. And I'm like, oh, that just sounds stressful. It does. It's also – so I'm not the best at listening to podcasts timely. And I'll go through phases where I don't listen to a podcast and then I'll go back to where I left off. And so it kind of hit me a little bit where I was like, I should either keep up or skip them like right around the election four years ago. I went, I just left off, wasn't thinking and people brought it up, talked about it. So I was like, I got to stop doing that. Um, So I could see maybe just leaving it out if you can. But the one where he's got like, he is this in this timeline. That's hard. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think part of the challenge right now, just to stay on the COVID stuff, is that we don't know what the like the average experience actually looks like. Mm, right. Like, and part of that is people going to or people telling their stories and writing stories and sort of and making their memes and all their jokes. Like we know that a large chunk of people were working from home, but we also know that there were a lot of essential workers that weren't. Right. And like we haven't really sort of encapsulated a way to describe that part of the narrative. Um, and and sort of like have a snapshot of 2020 that we can sort of like use a shorthand yet. Like you can mm. talk about like the eighties pretty easily with like greed is good. And here's our wall street sh- yeah. stuff or like here's everybody's Reagan on era. cocaine. Yay. Yeah. Ooh. Or like nineties <laughs> where it's just like, we all like coffee. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or, you know, and the, uh, or the fifties, like the, um, uh, like an episode of my show, another past came out this week about back to the future. And like a weird part, in it was we kept on talking about how like the 50s felt less surreal and less far away than the 80s stuff because like that one is is so well articulated in tv and fiction and 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 all this where it's just like okay all of these tropes are there and like these decorative styles like immediately are identifiable to me whereas like the 80s we've got some of it but not not to the same degree like not like not um it it hasn't been articulated as a period piece yet so we don't know what are the signifiers of like this is that era purely and right. um 
And I think that like the COVID time, it's going to be really interesting for us to figure out like, what are the signifiers? Like obviously uh, zoom calls are going to be a big part of it. Oh, yeah. And like people yeah. wearing masks are going to be a big part of it. But like when you just like, if you were to do like your, your B roll uh, in a movie, that's like, here's the, like the five shots to sort of like establish that you're in 2020. Is it going to be like a bunch of people walking like really awkwardly on the street with masks on? And then like, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, then like someone goes like, goes back into their their home with groceries and then like sits down at like a computer screen with like their boss or something like yeah. like what is going to be the the way that we encapsulate it all empty grocery shelves or store shelves yeah. no paper products what's going to cause the sense of isolation oh man 2020 is great oh god yeah fun times <laughs> anyway this is not set during that time this is set right before that time. yeah no like right, thankfully right. this before came the out bad times. uh i guess like technically she's probably 24 because this came out in nine uh 2019 so yeah um which is just still bizarre I'm so sorry. again she's just a prodigy yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or she hacked the records <laughs> <laughs> like she didn't go to grad school and she just made the it made it look like she went to grad school Maybe that's <laughs> she did. honestly oh my god that would be so much fun to see yeah that like, like someone like oh, yes had dirt on her or something <laughs> yeah. um I would just love like uh, an entire volume of her having to come to terms with her mom being a thief and where her morality lies. Like, where is mm-hmm. her moral line? Is it hacking something? Does that make it okay? Because my mom's a thief, and having to kind of come to terms with like, we do it for our benefit, but not at the expense of someone who is good, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, but it is implied like that she had essentially the best life she could have and that she went oh, to yeah. the best schools. So there is a chance that she, you know, it's Chicago. I don't know what like the Harvard of the Midwest is. Maybe she did go to Harvard. There's never a mention Maybe. of that. And I feel like if she went Ivy, like they would have mentioned it. Oh yeah. Well, isn't like, um, like university of Chicago's business pro or no, it's not uh, economics pro- program. Isn't that like one of like the top programs in the country? Maybe I, no idea. I have an arts degree. I don't know. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. uh, speaking of uh, her her job and all this, uh, can we talk about this uh, Gregory Minkin character, the, the sort of like <laughs> the not mob boss guy who oh. works for the mob boss, mm-hmm. and is just a waste of space. Like, <laughs> I expected him to be older, someone who is that paranoid, but also yeah. has Bitcoin and like doesn't want his files, but also has Bitcoin. I yeah, don't I'm know. I'm so confused. <laughs> I expected someone older who just like one of his minions ended up with Bitcoin. <laughs> well, like I don't see why we have two separate characters. Like Alenko and Minkin could just have been one yeah. character, mm-hmm. and that cuts down on like kind of where the story like stumbles a little bit is that it has a really great start like a really you know it gets the premise going you get you get this like idea of like okay cool she's joining her like her mom and her grandmother and like one big big score like this is all fun and then we kind of dilly dally for a while before we get to the actual heist yes um and that's like that's this guy he's just mm-hmm. like he's just there to sort of slow it down but we don't see him until we've already seen alinko so when he showed up i was confused mm-hmm. i was like wait i thought alinko was the guy who was owned the place like and that it was a pseudonym he was operating under like yeah, yeah. i thought like like I, a pseudonym for a isn't pseudonym he the big bad guy yeah. right yeah and then this guy shows up who is just super creepy and Ooh. kind of dumb and <laughs> Very yep, like, much. Like, he's just all about the sex. And it would have been great if there yes. was a moment where it's like, I am the puppet head. But it's not yeah, quite like that. 
yeah. and like the weirdness of being like, oh, he doesn't want any digital files for some reason, and then, but then he's just gonna like make contact with like a pretty person he sees at the mm-hmm. office, and be like, why don't you investigate all of my dealings? Yeah. <laughs> and also, like, I just feel like the kind of person, and maybe this is just me stereotyping, but like, if you are terrified of technology and putting your stuff in files. You're not going to have a smartphone. You're going to have, like, whatever came before a razor, in my opinion. Because that Nokia is still going to work. Like, let's be honest. Yeah. But, <laughs> Little brick phones. Yeah. But you're not going to have top-of-the-line smartphone that you can put – that someone can put a code into to, you know, hack your stuff. At least yeah. – it, maybe I'm wrong, but – yeah, I don't know. No, it, it it's it was such a weird detail. It was like one just to like make it so, like an additional step for her to get the actual files. Yeah, um, which was strange. And then there's like this weird detail. This is just a weird art detail, which is that she goes into the file room, like takes all the pictures, and then is like trying to stash her phone like in her bra. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, like which why would she be carrying her phone? <laughs> yeah, like it was like that's obviously you would have your phone on you. It's right. not like you have to like hide it. Like, yeah, and I get that some women like carry their phones in their bras, but like it was like a shit. very awkward. Like the shirt was undone, so you could see most of her bra that she was doing it. Yeah. Like, I was like, Come, this is like almost just like a gratuitous boob shot. And like I realize it's a woman author, and it's not necessarily like doing that for titillation. But there's a lot of titillation in this book, so I don't put it past them either. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that gets played up as her being anxious. And maybe having a moment of, why, why, why did I do that? Why, why, that was stupid. Like, realizing yeah. that that was her panicking mm-hmm. and trying to hide. And then being like, of course I'd have my phone on me. That's not weird. Of course the security guard's not going to ask me for my phone. You know, something along right. those lines. Right. And that could really fit if they do play it up as this is her being really anxious. Because when the detective comes to her to talk to her about her mother and her grandmother... She freaks out. She goes flying over to her mom and grandma and she's like, we can't do this. We got to stop. They're on to us. And she's like, just, just like on a scale of one to 10, like uh, infinity in terms of panicking. So I could definitely see them playing it up like that. Then it would make sense because she, she definitely panics when the detective comes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, speaking of which, uh, so that was a great end of a chapter when the detective shows up mm-hmm. at her door i thought that was fantastic um except then the next thing is her barging in and yelling at her mom and grandmother for not being told about the detective but like five pages earlier she was told about the detective yeah. mm. and i was like wait someone didn't ca-. again this is the editor pass yeah. like where it's like someone just didn't catch that this is like asynchronous for how that was supposed to go because like they were like oh things are getting harder there's this detective she's real good she's yeah. she's tailing us and she's gotten really close sometimes like and then that like, was her whole why reason didn't tell- hesitating yeah yeah why didn't you tell me about this detective yes. who's gotten real close and it's kind yeah, of like, like at least one of them being like oh we did tell you you just don't listen yeah <laughs> you know, right. something like that Wait, yeah that would be great, great too. yeah right. great moment of arguments <laughs> for grandma grandma would be the one to say yes. it that way yeah. grandma says that and then she's like i like you literally never told me this and i'm like no i literally did and then have a meta joke of like check five pages ago. yes <laughs> yeah no like <laughs> The detective is part of the reason that I would have been like, this would have been great over at least two volumes. Yes. Because the detective is almost um, Chekhov's gun. No, she's really not until the very end. And it would have been built a lot more. Like, they keep trying to kind of shoehorn her in to make her seem more important. Mm -hmm. But there's not enough of her and there's not enough of her personality for us to care about her. Yes. Or to like feel like 
the pressure she's putting on her or something mm-hmm. like that. It's 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 not the story just needed another arc. That's all. Yeah. Because the pressure she's putting on herself to catch these thieves, I was expecting more, like, yes, okay, fine, it's your job. But just the amount, just the way this detective was really drilling down on this, I was just expecting, like, did they rob your family? Yeah. Did your partner somehow get killed? And, like, in, as part of the investigation or, you know, just some some ex- external kind of driving force besides it's my job and I need to find them. Because she was just really going hard. And it, it's usually, like, movies or shows or books where someone is doing that. There's something else that's happened. Right. That's making them do this or push this hard. So I did want more of her. Same. Yeah. More yeah. of the why. Yeah, I mean, like, it was nice to have a character to sort of explain that, like, why the Banks women have sort of flown under the radar so much, which is that, like, all the other cops just don't pay attention Mm -hmm. to them. Because, again, they've done all the right things to sort of, like, keep the heat off of them. And she's like, no, I'm seeing a pattern. There's clearly something there. But she doesn't apply that much pressure over the course of the book to really raise the stakes. Um, And I feel like we could have gotten that instead of us, like again like wasting our time with like Mencken yes. or like with the boyfriend like both yes. of those were like drawn out plot points that I'm like come on like I would much rather be like have the tense elements of like are they going to get arrested than is she going to break up with her boyfriend especially because like, yeah. there is a lot of stupid mistakes in my opinion or at least moments where I was like this seems like a stupid mistake I really hope that they're going to turn around and be like show how they're five steps ahead of the detective like when they're <clears throat> yep. t- scoping out the house and the detective's yes. like what are you doing here yeah. also the car when they leave the car the three of yes. them go to break in they do they're going to do the job and then he's moved all of his stuff when they go to go back to their car to go home the detective has found it she calls in whoever she has to call to like uh, dust for fingerprints and stuff and check it like nothing ever comes of that so i, I did they steal that car don't I'm know. Oh, it, yes. they did because there was no okay. plates on it, ah, or, no or, plates or they bought license. a junker or something. Right. But I don't remember them like just wiping it down before they got out. No, yeah, because they're like, "We're gonna impound this and have forensics out." And I was like, yes, "Oh shit, forensics!" That's the word. God. Nothing came out of it. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, like, it really doesn't matter that much that it's Vasquez at the end. It like could have just been like the police mm-hmm. showing up. Yeah. At, at the very end, like. Again, it would have been nice, especially because we we established like a fairly like intense female cop to be the counterpoint to these female thieves. Like it's a a cool dynamic yeah. that I would have liked just to see more you know exacerbated. Yeah, yeah. They had a great idea, and I love Roxanne Gay stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like they had a great idea, and then maybe got told that they're issue count was less than mm. what they were expecting or, or something along those lines. Yeah. It will be interesting to compare the screenplay to this and yeah. just to see what little tweaks and changes and certain things are obviously just going to be better conveyed on screen with like body language, like a case like you were saying, some of those very cheesy come on lines of like, what, what is, get off work and get on me, whatever. But it will yeah. be interesting to see what changes are made. If like little tweaks grosses me out yeah <laughs> yeah i could deal with yeah. cutesy that was just a little like bleh. yeah <laughs> i don't find well, that as cutesy or sexy <laughs> yeah either the, one <laughs> yeah me. i mean the, the two of them have like a very like uh aggressive sexual relationship but the mom also there's like one point where it's like yeah. there are other things i can taste and i'm like yeah i mean yeah sure sure like, <laughs> I, like ask my partner i am not very good at like being like <laughs> 
hey, you ready to start? Like, <laughs> like get your partner I'm in here. Let's b- chat. No, I'm just right. I'm, I'm very bad like, at, at all of that, and I'll make like all kinds of like terrible puns and jokes to like be like, <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> But like it's a person as opposed to like a, a line written on a page. Yeah. And it's like a little bit yes. like a little bit weirder with it's like a close up and I'm like, ooh, okay, yeah. that's yes. <laughs> like live you've got like the facial expressions, the body language, the tone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Although I didn't find the the taste one as like ooh, as the get on me one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, I I also really like people that make a lot of pun- bad puns when it comes to like <laughs> hitting on people so i guess like this is probably also written for me but there's something about that one i was just like no i'm not that's yeah. you that lost <laughs> that one lost um so circling back to to Mencken, who i, I continue just to dislike and mm-hmm. i'm just like, You're, just, yeah. like paging through um like there's the scene where he goes to take a phone call and then she just like looks around very aggressively yeah. and like they make a point of him not having cameras, but I'm like, why doesn't he have cameras? Yeah. Like this, that's dumb. Like in this era, if, if part of the premise of this is that it's a bunch of old thieves having to work with their daughter who knows the modern tech stuff. Cause like the grandma's always complaining about like fingerprint sensors yeah. and like heat scan, like all the stuff that she's like, it used to just be like, I could just pick a lock and right. it would yes. be good. Um, like, actually employ that like utilize that mm-hmm. if he's gonna be a bitcoin billionaire like right be, have have the basic yeah. stuff that google sells for like <laughs> less than 100 bucks like you could you could have nest cameras <laughs> or like any of the, like anything just like set up like like we're podcasters every podcast has like simply safe ads like yes. or rather every <laughs> Like, we're all very familiar with, like, just how easy it is to set up security systems now. Yes. Let alone if you have, you know, a fluctuating amount of millions from Bitcoin. Like, you could, he's, you should be and easily gold. able to set that up. He's yeah. like, he's, doesn't he have, like, actual gold? Yeah. 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 Yes. <laughs> no, I just, like, keep on jo- joking about the Bitcoin. I Because <laughs> it just is so out there. Yeah. Well, and, and, and again, clearly, like, she wanted to have, like, some sort yeah. of techie stuff going on. Like, that's the reason why the daughter is there. Right. Mm-hmm. That, like, we have tech components that only the daughter is able to sort of like mm-hmm. suss out and like work with and that and like some of the crime is tech based like the fact that it's bitcoin and like that the mom wouldn't even or like the grandma is like i don't even know what that is like and it's like but it's valuable okay cool like like have a tech part of the heist right like like that would be part of the really fun thing and don't like you don't need to go as like far as like an ocean's 11 where it's like oh we have a hologram that allows us to <laughs> yeah. imitate a faberge egg <laughs> but Oh my god! <laughs> Ocean's Twelve. That. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or like we're looping, but I mean, actually, looping a video like that would be that's really cool. That's always cool. She's, yeah, she's shown herself to be a hacker. Like, do some of those things. Uh, yeah, this entire scene of like her being like, I saw this in a movie. If I press this, and suddenly she's behind. But they could also quickly get back. I don't know. Like, the entire I just it all needed so much more time. Yes, because isn't, okay, wasn't there a part where Celia, she put something in Macon's drink? I was trying to find yes. it, because I thought there was a pic, an image she of her like, dumping, like, cracking a pill open yes. into it. But he doesn't, like, pass out or anything no. like that from what I remember or whatever. Okay, so I didn't make that up. No, you did not. No. All the same, it's all in the same, like, time frame. Okay. Yeah, it's, Yeah. Yeah. And again, just having Minkin not be uh, Alinko just mm-hmm. makes it so that we don't hate Alinko enough. 
Agreed. At the end. Like, yeah. like, yeah, he killed the grandfather. Okay, but why not also have him be the skeevy guy right. that yeah. thinks he's so on top of things that he's like, oh, yeah, I'll get the pretty woman to, like... Yeah. I mean... To serve Because he was skeevy to her at yeah. the club when she goes to, I guess, try to knife him in the club. This was not a thought-out plan on Celia's part. Um, right. She goes, and he's like... Basically, Elenko's like, I want her, so now my second-hand man, get out of here. So, man, yeah. Moves. But, and he is super skeevy, but he knows who she is. We find out later that, you know, he knows exactly who she is. He could have known the entire time, and it could have been him. Um, it as would Mank- have made Mank- from the beginning. more sense. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Roxanne yeah. Gay has done Marvel comics. I think she did World of Wakanda, and I haven't read mm-hmm. them, but now I'm curious to see mm-hmm. if she was given more that time there or more space. And, and how, if this is just, like, someone who really writes well, like, essays, and, and I do like her fiction, and mm-hmm. if it is just a format issue, or if it is actually, like, maybe she wasn't promised, or didn't get as much as she was promised. Yeah, because it, it is a pacing issue, because it, it mm-hmm. starts off strong, and then, it like I said, it kind of just wastes a little bit of time, and then they have to, like, rush it at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah. actual, like, robbing. I, I actually really like the scene where they end up in the vault and the vault is empty. Yeah. And then the solution, I do like that, like, we're walking moral grounds. Like, you know, is she going to sleep with him? Is she going mm-hmm. to, like, cross that line for that? And then it's just a quick hack. And now we've actually honestly got um, access to the rest of his stuff. I don't know. The, the, yeah, it is a very much a pacing yeah. thing and I'm not entirely mm-hmm. sure like what we're going for. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do want to mention the, the club scene. One thing I, I thought was actually really nice was that um, the mom was able to like come into the club and get her daughter out of it. Yep. Um, in it, and like de-escalate the situation very well. I thought that like that was like a good scene right there. Yeah, yeah. It's like playing up on the fact that like yeah, the mom's not that old. Like it, like clearly like they're all young mothers in this scenario. Yeah. Like she, like she could conceivably still be like hanging out at a club. She's got all the tats. Like she definitely looks like a person who knows how to party. Um, and like being able to like play it off in a way to like really sort of uh make that like I said like de-escalate that situation um convincingly. Mm-hmm. Uh, bef- <laughs> uh, you know, so that we don't actually get to our final conflict until they're actually at the house. Yeah. Uh, I thought, I thought mm-hmm. that was a good scene. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Knifing someone in a club is a bad idea. When he's got all of his men around yeah. him also. Yeah. <laughs> Lots. And also just witnesses. Like, yeah. It's all bad. Not thought out. Yeah. Also, I like, maybe. Oh, go ahead. The, just the. The puppet dude was there. Like it's yep. it's not like that. You know, a, he invited a rando back to the VIP section. Like s- people can actually put you there. Yeah. <sighs> I just I wonder if maybe the decision to make Mankin a separate character um, was just since Celia would know who killed her grandfather. Maybe that was why. Like. I don't know, but she could have, I don't know, I guess we could have still had something from her seeing who he was and realizing that he is the one who killed her grandfather and her just having to kind of stomach it and play along to yeah. get whatever information she needed to, if, if he was just the big, one big bad for the whole 
the whole thing. I wouldn't be surprised if they get combined in this, into the same character mm-hmm. in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or have Mankin, like, be there. Wait. Was Mankin the one? I, so I don't remember exactly what the art was from when Melvin gets killed. I know someone grabs him and holds him while Alenko stabs him. Was Mankin maybe the guy who grabs him? Did uh, we get to you see can't that? easily wow. tell. I'm looking okay. at the page right now. It's, uh, it's a guy in the front seat of the limo yeah. i guess with the, okay. the like the screen comes down and he grabs but like aside from it's probably a brunette like it's like a mm. a darker gray hair um yeah it, so it could have been Mencken, but mm. it, it's hard to say for sure gotcha Mencken doesn't seem like the kind of guy who he seems very much like the 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 puppeteer like or not the puppeteer the the puppet guy like yeah. the fall guy i guess is what mm-hmm. i'm trying to get yes. to yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's not actually ever getting his hands dirty, but he is going to be the one that takes the fall. Yeah. Uh, Anything else that we want to really touch on here? Uh, No, I think just that, like, man, I wish the heist was a little more dynamic and, like, like they actually used some of the tricks over the course of the book to get to it. And that I wish Vasquez had a bigger part yeah. in all of this. Um, and that the boyfriend is just like kind of just there for the, the sake of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He needs either more of a role or needs to just prove that he's an asshole and run away in the beginning. <laughs> just more fleshing out of yeah. him. Vasquez. Um, when there's more time, I think I would also like to see more or like in the movie, maybe like a montage of grandma and mom doing their yeah their stuff um like before celia's born and then after and stuff just to kind of just seeing more of them working together i think would have been nice i do like that the end we get um the three of them working together yeah that was nice but i would like to see just more of a just more of what they got up to when it was just the two of them and then also did they do anything with melvin after he got out of jail they had to have i mean there's no way that that he retired at all yeah yeah and how that fits going. back into that dynamic. That would have been cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and because we know we, we witnessed two of his arrests, but we know that there's a third one that happened in the middle uh, because we see his first arrest. And then when he's at court, this is his third offense yes. where he's being sent to jail. So that like we, there is definitely an event that occurs mm-hmm. probably with, uh, with with Celia alive. Right? Oh, definitely. So, like, yeah. 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 So like, did she know about her grandfather going to jail multiple times? Like. I mean, she mm. has to because she does make a comment about him, uh, about this like being the reason that he's dead or, or something. Yeah. Um, well, what about like teenage version? Of, you know, like yeah. young teenage. When she finally finds out about mom, did she know what grandpa was up to? And suspect that is a good question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like grandpa being re- like going to jail would probably be where that conversation starts. Not right. being like I'm filling out college application yeah, forms. Right. What do you do for a living? Right. Since I think you're a homemaker, yeah. but you don't seem to make any homes. Yes. Unless it's supposed to be more like she suspected things maybe because of grandpa and because, yes, Mama Addie is a doctor, but because of all the money and she gets a car for her birthday. And like maybe she did suspect and this was just the time where she could actually use it to con- she could use this one thing to confront her mom. Flip over the board, show all the red lines, <laughs> all the connected like, stuff. These are all the things <laughs> I've been looking at. Yes. Yes. Yeah, but overall, I did really enjoy it. I love the the strong women. 
And yeah, I'm very excited to see it as a movie. Same, same. Yeah. I had to check out more of, of the, um, of Big Doyle and, and Jordi Belair mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what they're working on. I think both of them also work for both Marvel and DC. So they've mm. definitely got some stuff for a little bit for everybody. Yeah, because there was another one that I was like, this is something else that I read. But now I'm <laughs> totally blanking on what that is. Oh, the editor. The editor works on Deadly Class, which I like. We've made difficult decisions. And there are still more ahead of us. Two people aren't enough to save the galaxy. We need the toughest, smartest, deadliest allies. We need you. We need you to join us. And listen to Reignite. A certain point of view podcast about storytelling. Love. And Mass Effect. Join us every other Thursday as we fight for the fate of an entire galaxy. You can find us everywhere you get your podcasts. Or at certainpov.com slash reignite. We're counting on you. We should go. All right. So yes. we didn't talk about this at the beginning, um, <laughs> but we do tend to read things in between. And uh, I did not read the book that I was supposed to because I read so many comics. <laughs> so many comics. Um, but uh, did you get around to reading anything between uh, episodes? Yeah, I read The Space Between Worlds by Micaiah Johnson. It was my, mm, it have been my July book of the month. Um, I liked it overall. It was hard for me to get into it at the beginning, and I don't know if it was just me, because I don't really read a lot of sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, there's multiple worlds with different versions of you on each world, and you can you, they've developed the technology where you can travel to that world only if that version of you that's on that world has died if, if you travel oh, there and your person is in your version you're there you are going to die or get real fucked up um oh this is exactly so. what i'm going to read and then need to talk about in therapy cool got it <laughs> <laughs> got it um it was really interesting there were definitely some a couple of twists i didn't really see coming um because once i got into it i was like okay what's gonna happen next uh, but i really liked the idea of um, so there's this, it's a job basically traveling between worlds and our main character, Kara, she, she's died on a lot of worlds. So therefore she <laughs> can go to a lot of worlds, um, and collect data from them and stuff like that. Um, but it is, and she'll learn about herself, like what she was like, that version of her when she was alive on that world. And it is interesting, like nature versus nurture, like the different uh, ways things affect you or like one little decision here is different and her mom's alive on another one. Her mom is dead. And another one, her mom is alive and super supportive. Another one, she's not as supportive. They're well off. They're not well off. So I just really liked the, the that different take of like kind of where could I be if I had done X, Y and Z things or if X, Y and Z things had happened to me or to people around me. Very cool. So, yeah. yeah, it's interesting. So what are you going to read next? Ooh, good question. <laughs> I did not prep you um, for this at all, Case. But we're going to ask you what okay. you're going to read next as well. Yeah, that's totally fine. <laughs> all right. I think, let's see. I'm trying to decide which one I want to go with. Um, do you know what you're going to read next? I do. I, I, <laughs> okay, I did start The uh, Invisible Life of Addie LaRue, and I am trying to savor it. Um, and then comics happened and because of that um i am 
only a couple chapters in, so I am ready to sit down and to dive very deep into this book. Um, the little bit of it that I have read, I absolutely love and cannot wait. Nice. I did get that one as my book of the month, but Yay. I think I need to catch up. So I think I'm going to go with A Woman is No Man. That's the one I got from okay. August or September. I don't know. Time has no meaning. But it's the one I it's one I got before The Secret Life or The Invisible Life of Eddie. Okay. Lover. So I'm going to go with A Woman is No Man. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. What about you, Case? What are you reading these days? Uh, well, so a lot of stuff is, is around podcasts. Uh, Alex Lavelle and I have a joke that like, if the, we have podcasts about comic books to sort of force us to actually, yes. <laughs> uh, read, read those comic books. Um, uh, so right now with another pass, because, so the, the, the timeline on, uh, how things went was we were preparing to do a two part, uh, Wonder Woman's, uh, series leading up to the release of Wonder Woman part one dropped the day they pushed it back to december oh no uh, and i was like oh well that's interesting uh and so my co-host j mike and i were like hey what if we just do wonder woman stuff from now until they finally like release the movie and it could just be a gag if they push it back again and we just keep on doing <laughs> wonder woman stuff so we uh, we started with a bunch of like the the different adaptations of uh, like the like the TV shows and TV movies, so we did like the '74 movie and uh, and all that. But we're also doing like comics, so I'm like reading through the Perez run right now, and uh, we're gonna reread uh, uh, the contest arc where they introduced Artemis. Nice uh, is coming up. So those are all like the, the comic side of things. Uh, I'm reading right now um, Fade In the uh, the. The, I think it was an unpublished book, but I have the PDF of it. Uh, the that Michael Pillar wrote about the process of writing the book, the movie Star Trek Insurrection, which I'm doing an upcoming oh. episode of Another Pass on. Uh, so that's gonna or that's a lot of fun. And then just like for fun and not this, uh, <laughs> like not podcasting, uh, I'm reading right now Footfall by Larry Niven, which is a sci-fi novel set in like an alternate '90s where a race of sapient elephants that have like advanced alien tech come and invade earth um which is a lot of fun uh because they're like they're like found science kind of race like they they were they're like basically cavemen who discovered spaceships uh Holy and shit. Like, oh cool now we can go conquer the stars uh and so they come to earth <laughs> nice. uh, but humanity like the advantage of humanity is that like we actually know how our stuff works so, <laughs> <laughs> i love this so we can like i'm going to have to read this <laughs> Uh, it's very fun and it's set in the 90s so it's like oh that's great like the the, the terrible things of the world hasn't happened yet great. <laughs> <laughs> much simpler times <laughs> yeah we just had to deal with dial-up that's all oh oh dial-up <laughs> the internet was still a simpler place that's all. Yeah. <laughs> like... yeah blessing and a curse because right. like yes. we couldn't just insta post everything and so right. you actually had to think about what you were putting up there mm-hmm. exactly. and make an effort <laughs> Okay, so next for the podcast, we are going to dive into some essays. We feel like we've done a little bit of fluff for a little while, and we're going to try to be a little bit more intense. Um, And we are going to dive into how to be anti-racist, anti-racist, anti-racist. I don't know which way to go with that. I feel like I've been saying anti, but the pronunciation could be wrong. (laughs) I don't know. We'll find out. Um, by Ibram X. Kendi. Um, this is a book that I do believe also came out last year. And um, with everything going on in the world, uh, particularly in the United States, like this has been 
one of the top selling books and just has been kind of on that list of like, hey, do you want to get into knowing more about social problems? Start with this book. So um, we're not starting necessarily with this book, but we're going to read this book. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. be good. <laughs> Next episode is going to be fun and intense. Yay! <laughs> and then maybe after that, we'll go back down. <laughs> yes, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, both of us being Book of the Month members, I am. And, and from what I'm gathering from most of the Facebook group, a lot of people are hoping that Brian Washington, yeah, Brian Washington's fiction book, uh, Memorial, is is hopefully going to be the next, in the next round of Book of the Month books. Um, we loved his short story collection lots um, that we did earlier this year. And everybody seems to be really excited about this book. So I'm hoping that's what we can dive into next. Fingers crossed. Finger, yeah, yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. Case, thank you so much for coming on. Yes. Thank you for having me. This has been great. Yeah, no. Um, love, love being part of the network and having the advantage of just being able to be like, hey, group of people who wants to come talk yes (laughs) yeah i was very excited and i can't wait to have both of y'all on one of my shows i've got i know that feeling but yeah go ahead tell us about your shows right now uh sure so all the stuff i have is at certainpov.com another pass is a movie analysis podcast where we uh, typically discuss movies that um, we think we just uh, could identify an area where it could have been stronger at the time of production. So, so like for example, it started off with the Star Wars prequels, where it was like, all right, well, if you were the producer for Star Wars Episode Three and Episode One and Two came out, what would you do to have sort of like nailed the landing a little bit better than they <laughs> did ultimately? And uh, that is that thought experiment sort of grew into doing this for all kinds of movies. So like we had a really good one recently with Pat Edwards from Let's Rewatch on where we talked about. Uh, Conan the Destroyer and that was a lot of fun because like we dug into like other drafts of the script and like talked about like oh these were all changes that they could have done because they actually had them in one version of the script or another and like uh, the, the idea is just to, to, to pitch um, fixes that are realistically something that could have occurred. Um, and then every five episodes, we talk about movies that actually did that. So like like how the original Star Wars found itself in the edit or um, movies where once a certain star like got tagged onto it, uh, they were able to rewrite it into a way that worked better than the uh, like the initial pitch. Um, like, for example, Die Hard was a movie where it was supposed to be a Frank Sinatra movie. And like, just would like, thank God it wasn't. Yes. <laughs> from what I understand, uh, that is a I know it's based on a book. From what I understand, it is on that list of movies that are better than the book. And the, yeah, so that's sort of like yeah. the fun experiment. And yeah. like, um, it, it's always fun to do like deep dives and to see like where things did go awry or also where they did course correct. So that's a fun part of the show. Uh, Men of Steel is a Superman appreciation podcast. <laughs> um, we don't, it's not sp- stri- like strictly Superman, but that's sort of like the, the initial premise of like that kind of archetype. Uh, so we'll talk about characters who are related to it. Like I said earlier, we're talking about Wonder Woman a lot right now. And like, Lord, does she have a lot of similarities? Uh, we're about to do the Linda Carter series where like she's in glasses and just like basically doing like a Clark Kent impression. Yes. Um, <laughs> for a good chunk of it. And then like turning into super patriotic hero. Like, so totally the right arch- archetype right there. Um, and then on hiatus at the moment is Scruffy Nerf Herders, which is our Star Wars Dungeons and Dragons game. Um, and that is in part just because my schedule has been completely hellacious at work <laughs> and it's been difficult to be like, all right, now, in addition to like the D&D games I'm running with other people, this one I need to record with people and like have a big meta story. 
Uh, but that's a lot of fun. The first 50 episodes are up there as like one complete story. And then since then, uh, I have like lots of small sub arcs with different groups of people, a lot of them from the network uh, as like crews of their ship. So like the Let's Rewatch so crew cool. is like did like a three parter where they were at a space version of the Fire Festival and oh. trying to sell a bunch of drugs. Uh, <laughs> nice. Space drugs. Space drugs. Um, <laughs> and Brett, who is a genius, uh, actually created like ads for this drug. He like started an MLM. Amazing. Like, in the middle of it. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> like it was actually kind of insane because while we were recording, he was texting me like, "Hey, I want to do this thing <gasps> in the story," and I was like, "Yeah, let's make that happen." It's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and then he sent me a commercial afterwards for it. <laughs> that's so cool. That's so cool. <laughs> uh, but that's a really fun show, and it's like uh, the, the anything after episode fifty is uh, very clear. Like here's like a, a two parter with like Hans and Steve even from real movie versus the uh the synagogue or like uh like i said with like let's rewatch or with the original crew doing like a small uh, stint so those are f- easy small arcs but if you're if you want to take the investment and go into the first 50 that was a lot of fun and a great story i had a great time with that uh and so check that out too and yeah. we'll be back soon once i can get get my shit yeah. together <laughs> 2020 we get it right we get yeah. it <laughs> Uh, but that's all at certainpov.com, and th- there's links to all the all the subscribey goodness, RSS or yeah. Spotify or whatever on on all of the respective pages. So check that out. No, I like I like getting people on to talk about their stuff because uh, we are part of the network now, and that is very exciting. And uh, you can listen to Stephanie and I tell you what to listen to, but or you can you know get someone who's involved, and that passion is always just so much more fun for me. Yeah. Yeah. Thank uh, you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for coming. <laughs> Uh, Stephanie, do you have anything that you need to plug really quick? Um, not at the moment. Okay. <laughs> How about you? Uh, I am currently doing a small part on The Way We Haunt Now. Um, and episode two dropped yesterday as the day we're recording. It drops on Saturdays. Um, go check it out. It is a great um, spooky audio drama for October and um, I have a very small part in the first two episodes um, which I'm very excited about so um, go check that out when you get a chance Um, as for judging book covers you can find us on the certain POV network Um, you can also find us on Facebook Twitter and Instagram at JBC podcast we'll be back in two weeks to dive into some anti-racism essays (sighs) It's going to be so much fun. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be intense. We're going to get into it. Yes. Um, (laughs) Until then, please keep supporting your libraries. And if your libraries are still closed, please keep supporting indie bookstores, uh, especially indie bookstores owned by people of color. CPOV. CertainPOV.com.